0: Hello welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Well, hey Jonathan, how are you this week?
0: I am doing well. I um, am trying to still get over the daylight savings time switch.
1: Oh, but me too.
0: I'm, I'm getting there.
1: It's It's been crazy. Um, daylight savings, it takes us a good week in this house to get back to normal um and then earlier in the week, I think it may have just even been Monday night, we had a a really strange hailstorm here late at night. So all the you know, it woke the kids up and everybody's kinda running downstairs so we got in late. Then we were watching primary returns. It seems like every night.
0: Yeah. Uh the primary returns seem to get less and less interesting with each passing primary.
1: Yeah, this week was kind of a big one though, watching for Ohio and um uh, what what was going to happen there? And it, North Carolina was in this week. That's right. So. You voted this week. Uh, yes, we did. Yeah,
0: more than likely, your candidate did not win, just like mine in Tennessee. So
1: I, that that would be that would be correct. Um, but I still took the process very seriously. We took our kids, and we had a lot of interesting conversations over dinner. After do you, do
0: you make him read about you know women's suffrage at the dinner table, kind of like you do with the uh, declaration of Independence at 4th of July?
1: Um, well, we do have discussions at the dinner table, a lot of discussions in the car. Uh, I don't make them read any documents except, and, and on the 4th of July, I actually read the declaration out loud to them. Yeah, yeah. It's, so so it's no required
0: reading on Elizabeth Cady Stanton or you know, anybody from that era?
1: No, but okay. we will have conversations sometimes.
0: All right. Well, sounds good. Susan B. Anthony, still okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess we could keep going, but hey, how about how about we get to the news in this SBC News podcast? So, All right. this week, big week. Ronnie Floyd, President Ronnie Floyd, uh, big fan of the pod. Thank you, Ronnie, for listening. I know you always listen, and he announced the committee on committees this week.
1: Yeah, this is so. This is going to be the first in a round of announcements that will come. From Ronnie Floyd, Committee on Committees. Then he'll, at some point, he'll announce Resolutions Committee. He'll announce Committee on uh, Credentials, things like that. So it, it'll just start the teller's coming committee, out. The ever important That's right. Tellers Committee. That's right. So these announcements will come out, and uh, this was the first one, so really big.
0: Some names of note on the list: Willie Rice from Florida, uh, president mm-hmm. of the Pastors' Conference last year, will chair the committee. And be assisted by Ed Litton, good friend of ours, and uh, the, the husband to Kathy Litton, as Ed oh. is, is probably better known. Uh, love Kathy Litton. Yes. Love Ed, too. We love you, too, Ed. Yes, uh, yes. Let's see. Who else is on here? Um, from Franklin Avenue Baptist Church, Leroy Fountain, that is Fred Luther's church. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of the church names you'll recognize if you scroll through these. Uh, a lot of these churches you will recognize. Johnny Hunt's church, uh, Woodstock right. First Baptist Church right. is on here. Uh, Doug and Muntin, some.
1: Some names, Don Wilton's on there. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, Don yep. Wilton. Yeah, you'll recognize a lot of these names, actually. Uh, Hayes Wicker's wife is on here as well. He, uh, she is down in the Naples area at First Baptist Church in Naples, Florida. Uh, there's uh, Jeff Young from Prestonwood Baptist. Former second vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention, Eric Thomas, is on here as well. Uh, so a lot of names, a lot of churches that you recognize, a great group here uh, listed by Dr. Ronnie Floyd. I know this is probably one of the hardest things to come up with because you're picking two from 34 different states, and you, there's so many different requirements based on the bylaws yes. that it, it it is really, really difficult. Do you think, oh, well, you know, I could name two people from each state. Well, they couldn't have been this, and it couldn't have been this, and they had to be there for so long. I mean... There's all these little things that knocks everybody out. So there's a, a whole team. I know the executive committee goes over all of these to check for each level of verification. That's
1: right. So. And, and they're important. They're important reasons, too. I mean, the big one being they have to have been in that state for three years. And the reason for that is they're going to be naming people, uh, bringing names to appoint people from their state. they got to know people. So it it matters. That's why also you'll see a lot of names that maybe have been around for a long time because they know people and they are able to bring to bring names forward. But also, I think uh, Dr. Floyd was very clear that diversity was a huge priority this year, kind of increasing the ethnic diversity. Also, um, 26% of the people on this list are female. Um, and so, you, you bring in all of those goals as well, it's a long process to do this. I know it takes a lot of
0: hard work. Yeah, more than likely the most diverse group ever. Obviously, I don't think we have ethnicities for the committees on committees from way back, but at the same time, uh, 22% non-Anglo and 26% female. So a very diverse group. Great job, Dr. Floyd. We really appreciate that. Uh, And also you mentioned they will nominate people to the Committee on Nominations. That group met today in Nashville over at the SBC Executive Committee. It's an executive session, so we weren't allowed in, obviously, um, or nobody was allowed in, actually. But uh, that they met, and those guys and ladies will bring forth the trustee recommendations coming later on this spring, right before we get to St. Louis and uh, let us know who they have selected as trustees for the different entities. So that's going on today. So all this process, it goes on year round. It's not just showing up in St. Louis. There's a lot that goes on uh, year round. And uh, we appreciate all these folks here and the others who serve at the pleasure of the president. Yes. All right, moving on to a trustee report from Guidestone, not any ground Breaking news, earth-shattering stuff coming out of GuideStone, which I think is good. Whenever they're the insurance people, you you don't want groundbreaking, earth-shattering news from your insurance company and your retirement company. So, uh, but so no surprise here from GuideStone, though they because of the Obamacare and all of that that's going on in the open market, more people are turning to GuideStone, more churches are turning to GuideStone. They've seen a 5.8 percent increase, of basically. 1,439 new people uh, jumping into the group medical plan over there at Guidestone. So uh, these Supreme Court decisions that we talk about from time to time and, and opting out of certain types of coverage in the health care plans uh, that we've mentioned with Guidestone and going to the Supreme Court, all of those decisions really play a role in who people choose for their group medical plans, and Guidestone is one of those providers. So uh, just remember, when we talk about Supreme Court stuff, it, it may just sound like something off in Washington, but it's hitting a lot of churches across the country in the way of Guidestone.
1: So looking ahead to, uh, to St. Louis, again, as we will continue to do in, in the coming weeks, uh, it was also announced that there would be a racial reconciliation emphasis on Tuesday morning. they're going to call it a national conversation on racial unity in America. And that will be uh, one of the major one of the major things in those uh, few days. And uh, we, we knew a little bit about this. This had been kind of talked about that the president of the National Baptist Convention would be coming to the SBC um, and, and he and Dr. Floyd, were part of some racial reconciliation events throughout the years so that kind of started this idea.
0: The big one down in Mississippi earlier this year.
1: Yes, correct, in, in Jackson. So uh, it's going to be on Tuesday morning. That uh, president of the National Baptist Convention, his name is Jerry Young, and Marshall Blaylock from First Baptist Church, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, they will both be participating in that, and uh, so that that's kind of a big thing. Uh, also, we'll have be having the Tuesday evening prayer session again. Uh, this one is titled "National Call to Prayer for Spiritual Leadership, Revived Churches, the Next Great Spiritual Awakening, and the Future of America."
0: We need an acronym for that.
1: NCPSLRC. N G S A F A.
0: Okay, we need an acronym for that too. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So, and a few other things just about the schedule. So we're getting sort of pieces of the schedule.
0: Something not in this, but yes. big news as part of this thing on Tuesday night. Uh, it wasn't included. It probably was in before the the information's in. The Gettys are coming.
1: Yes. So the Gettys the will be there
0: on Tuesday night. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, Keith. Good friend of mine, uh, we have traded text. We're trying to get together for coffee here soon. But That's right. Um, it's kind of neat, man. We got the Gettys coming to SPC.
1: Yeah. I, actually, that's going to be an a fun week for me, a, a tiring week, I think. But at the end of uh, the week... So the annual meeting ends on Wednesday night, and I will have to head from there to Indianapolis for the Gospel Coalition for Women. Um, So I'll be going with some folks from southeastern to that, and I believe the Gettys are supposed to be headlining there as well. So it'll just be to
0: St. Louis on the way, kind of, sort of to Indianapolis.
1: I could just say I'm spending my week with the Gettys. We're we're, that's
0: pretty awesome, right? there. We're traveling together. They're good people too. So that's
1: right. We're traveling together that week. We're going to hang out in St. Louis. And in Indianapolis. Um,
0: if they were only traveling by rail, you'd be all over it.
1: Oh, if they took a train, that's it. I'm there. Yeah. Right now, I'm just anticipating that maybe I'll pass them in the hallway in Indianapolis and they'll look at me like, I think we saw her. That's probably yes. all the contact I'll have. All right. um, but anyway, they'll be part of Tuesday night. Also, Wednesday morning session, as we get these sort of pieces out about what the week will be like, gives us kind of a an idea to prepare. Uh, The IMB and NAM reports will be on Wednesday morning, and they will have a special missions presentation on Wednesday afternoon. So uh, the Wednesday afternoon session will start with two panel discussions, the local pastor and church in American politics and uh, a QA and a time with the presidents of all the entities. Yeah, so that's going to be kind of a different time. Yeah, be fun. so we're getting this out. The theme is Awaken America, Reach the World. But I think it's going to be like last year. You know, last year kind of broke the mold from this routine that we were kind of accustomed to. And I actually felt like I spent more time in the hall uh, just with this sort of new new setup and we're looking at a really fresh setup again this year
0: yeah it's gonna be fun i can't wait and get online register for your messenger badges join us in st louis we really appreciate that so come say hello to me and amy tell us should you listen to the podcast and but be in st louis We've got a big convention this year so we've got a presidential election a lot of other things too so be there in st louis it's yeah. a great town bring the kids there's uh six flags there's uh grant farms there's all kind of stuff so Bring the kids, have fun. There's a basilica. We talked about that last week. Yes. So there is just a quick overview about the convention. Also in the same story on Baptist Press, the WMU search committee is moving forward, not with a candidate, but they are moving forward in their process. Uh, They're still waiting until May the 1st, accepting applications for that. I think you and I both know somebody applying for that. So... Um, that should be correct. interesting to, to kind of follow this along and see what happens. But all the information's there, they're uh, surveying people to see what they think the next WMU leader should have. So there's a, a lot of information in this from Joy Bolton, the WMU director up in the state of Kentucky, or excuse me, the great Commonwealth of Kentucky.
1: There you go. There you go. Kevin Smith would correct you.
0: Yes, so would Adam Greenway. Sorry about that, guys, and Paul Chitwood and all the other guys up there in Kentucky.
1: I've lived in two commonwealths. It is an important distinction. It
0: is. It is. I'm not sure what that distinction is, but I know it's important to people who live there. All right. Yes, it moving is. on. ERLC in the news this week. A couple things from them. Uh, they donated a mobile ultrasound machine to a healthcare group in Knoxville, Tennessee to help with uh, Crisis Pregnancy Care Center, part of a Psalm 139 grant that provides ultrasound machines to these crisis pregnancy centers. So uh, really cool stuff that the ERLC is doing. Also, uh, just some tying these together. The ERLC and IMB also urged people to pray for refugees this week on March 15th. had a moment of prayer on March 15th for refugees. And then on the 17th, we had uh, John Kerry came out officially and labeled genocide in Syria, uh, where we were praying for these yeah. refugees from. Uh, the United States government basically officially declared that there is being genocide committed in Syria. So uh, kind of yeah, two that three stories big. that kind of tied together. Why is that big, Amy? Tell us, tell us the reason.
1: It's important because it's a very specific designation that when you're thinking in terms of foreign policy and and just in terms of your strategy as you engage the world and in particular some of these precarious situations uh there are certain categories that we think about is this is it genocide is it mass murder you know all of this and uh and we have seen this and known this to be genocide for a long time um and is it as it addresses in the article, we've wanted to be clear that that Christians are included in that um, in that designation. And so it's really important to call it what it is and as a nation to officially call it what it is. And so when John Kerry came out and said that, it's not like it was a surprise to us, but it was important for the United States of America to go on record and make it make it official, make it a label, and say this is what it is.
0: Really great to see that from Secretary Kerry. Uh, I know that a lot of people have been waiting on that, like you mentioned, and it's good to finally see that being recognized. Also this week, uh, the National African American Fellowship of the Southern Baptist Convention met over in Memphis, Tennessee for a spring symposium and LifeWay's Mark Croston shared some information at that on racial reconciliation and beyond breaking the barriers. Uh, had a great write-up in Baptist Press this week. A uh, couple thousand words, it looks like, about what all went on there. I'd encourage you to read that. Check that out. Uh, a lot of details about the event and Mark's talk on that. So uh, this this group has done a lot of work over the past year, led by K Marshall Williams, our friend up in Pennsylvania. Uh, K Marshall is a pastor up in the Philadelphia area and is the president of the National African American Fellowship of the Southern Baptist Convention. Mentioned. He has done a great job leading them, and I look forward to uh, more events from these guys.
1: Yeah, and uh, and the, like you said, this article is really good. It a lot of times events like this, you just sort of get okay. This person spoke; these people uh, were on a panel, but it really goes deep into the talk. And uh, if you if you scroll down, there are some really great practical points about uh, specifically about multicultural leadership. Just very quick little things, learning more about history, including African-American history. Think we and not I. Teach people to work together. Th- you know, things like that. And uh, I think that's a just a really good read for all of us just to kind of remind ourselves uh, in in our daily interactions and then also in leadership situations. So it's a great article.
0: All right. And finally, in the news front, you might have remembered a story from Louisiana. We talked about it back in the fall, I believe, whenever the new uh, president of Louisiana College was elected uh, from Charleston Southern. There's been an update to that story about the former president Joe Aguiard. We got the link in from the Alexandria Town Talk, my parents' hometown newspaper, by the way. Um, they live there in Alexandria, but uh, the the information's all there. Uh, it it appears that former Louisiana president uh, Joe Aguiard is being removed from the faculty, so waiting on an update on that, but uh, that's basically the gist of the story from the Alexandria Town Talk. So you can check that out and all the information on that over at sbcthisweek.com. And just a reminder that all the articles that we discuss every week and more are on sbcthisweek.com. So be sure to hit that site every week and uh, check out the articles for yourself. Amy and I really skimmed the surface on a lot of these stories. So there's a lot more in there. Uh, like we mentioned, the, the the National African American Fellowship story, there. there is a ton of information in that. So check that out. Check all the links out. And uh, you can find out more at SPCThisWeek.com. All right, that's going to do it for the news this week. Reminder that our podcasts are sponsored by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary's new 81-hour MDiv. It's preparing students to take the gospel to their neighbors and the nations. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there. For more information, visit SEBTS.edu slash MDIV.
1: All right, so let's talk about uh, the upcoming SBC presidential election.
0: Well, and not just Uh, the presidential election, but a lot of things in general at SBC. Yes,
1: yes. And we want to talk about
0: one specific aspect of it. What is that, Amy?
1: Right, right. We want to talk about the effect that technology and new media forms have brought on... Uh, the preparation for the SBC annual meeting and the annual meeting itself. But talking specifically about the presidential election, I think that's one example that we're able to see really beginning even now. Uh, if you think about, or or if we want to talk about the the naming of the committee on committees, same thing. If you think about it, in times past, these these things were announced uh, in Baptist Press, and they're supposed to be announced a certain right, time, forty
0: five days out. That's uh, right, specifically
1: at least yes at least but but this is this was on a printed piece that would go out to churches and to people around subscribers things like that it would go out they would receive them they would have them in their churches, maybe in their communities, and then everyone would show up at the convention and see each other. You didn't have all this opportunity for interaction. Now, everything is different. Same thing about nominations uh, that might be announced for president, if they were even announced in Baptist press, uh, which that's not required. I mean, someone could decide at the last minute.
0: Well, yeah. Well, Think about the story behind Dr. Rogers running for president mm-hmm. the first time. Basically, it... Every story and account of I, of that that I've heard that mm-hmm. all happened the weekend of the convention that's right that's it was right the whole birthday in Smith the morning and, that's we're laying right. hands Bar- we're playing and everything that right. happened the night before the convention that's now right. now we're we're looking when first week of March and we have a convention president nominee out and j d greer a couple weeks ago, and then the that last week it was Steve Gaines and I'm getting text right. tonight as we're recording saying that there's probably another one coming this weekend. Those things, I mean, this is, we're 90 days out, 100 days out from the convention, and we've got all these people you know, yeah. that we already know are and running, and, and back in the day, you had no idea until you even got there.
1: That's right, and now, let's think about all the places, all the ways that we've been able to have this discussion or to talk about it. We've seen, um, with both of these nominations, we've seen things on Twitter about it, um, we've seen on Facebook about the upcoming election and more discussions back and forth. Even uh, one website has done uh, QA and a interviews, yeah. SBC voices. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: They've done with both candidates already.
1: That's that's right. Both candidates already. Uh, we're going to be playing interviews in April that you've already conducted with both of them. So we have both of those recorded and they're going to be out. People will get to hear their voices answer these things. This week, we had two videos drop on YouTube. One was a QA and a with uh, Steve and Donna Gaines at Bellevue Baptist Church about the whole process. Which
0: already has 800 views. I mean...
1: That's right. That The... the- the of how how they came to know that this was the right thing and just his thoughts about the SBC um, her thoughts about the whole process you know just those things um, very very interesting conversation then another video drops on YouTube that's Um, This kind of just playful, sort of fun uh, rap video. It was not released by J.D. Greer. It was released by uh, someone else. But still, this gets put out. So it's kind of this new and and interesting way. I mean, it's only been two weeks. And all these ways that we're knowing Mm -hmm. about the candidate. Well, And
0: and that one there, I mean, that one kind of went, quote, viral this week. And has thousands and thousands and thousands of views. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just wild how that happens. And, and we'll put both of those videos at SPC this week. You can check that out in the show notes and watch both sure. of those videos.
1: Sure. But but the point is, I mean, that's been two weeks, and we already are exposed to so much about uh, these candidates and about the process. It's a really different day.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and that's just the leading up to the convention, the technology, right. the things that are going on leading up to the convention. You mentioned the, the committee on committees being announced the other day. That happens, and within minutes of that being released, my phone is blowing up, your phone's blowing up, we're blowing up each other's phone uh, about different things. And so, I mean, it's like this instant access. It's almost like, I don't want to take it for granted, but it's really neat to have this instant access to all the stuff that's going on. That's right. And not having it trickle out through state Baptist papers, you know, weeks and months later. Well, like well, we and
1: yeah, and even that it, it trickles out, and then maybe you 're just somewhere by yourself, just sort of processing it, but we process these things together, yeah. well, and here we are dropping good.
0: here we are dropping a podcast on Friday, and mm-hmm. the news that we 're talking about is really old news for us that
1: 's right that 's right <laughs> it 's
0: three days old, two days old, That's one right. day old
1: that 's right it 's crazy and but the good thing is it's it 's a new thing, it brings almost just a new um, just a new way to experience this. But I feel like it's getting a whole new set of people engaged in the process, because uh, because the SBC world is getting flatter, uh, in a sense, with all of this, with all of this technology. That's Amy Woodfield
0: arguing for a flat Earth theology, by the way.
1: No, no, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not <that's>, quite.
0: <laughs> all right, so let's get to the, the to the actual meeting now, if if we can yeah. somehow make it to there. I mean, we're still ninety yes. days out, and. Yeah. There's going to be a lot more technology stuff going on from between now and then.
1: That's right. But when you get to the actual meeting,
0: then we go back to pencil and paper.
1: Yeah, Literally. it's still pretty much the same. And there's been a lot of talk in recent years about this. Why can't we be more efficient? Why can't we, you know, do um electronic ballots uh like on the internet or on our phones why can't we have people voting remotely um or going to satellite locations or things like that but this isn't like just this archaic thing that people just don't want to change you know part of this is is legal in nature it's the rule of law that's right it's the fact that we've decided um as a body and as many bodies do to uh to follow parliamentary law and and very specifically we we follow along with Robert's rules of order, which most most things do. And that defines something. What we're doing, we always have to remember the SBC only exists two days a year when the messengers are meeting. That's when the messengers come to convene. And then the rest of the year we have all these trustee boards and executive committee that kind of keep things going. But the Southern Baptist Convention, as it actually exists, it exists as uh, what's called a deliberative assembly. Um, and by definition, a deliberative assembly, um, it meets in one single room. It meets in an area. Like a state uh,
0: legislature, Congress, that's right. things like that's that. That's
1: right. Exactly. They don't um, phone
0: in their, their votes or text them in.
1: Exactly. Um, so it's supposed to have the condition of the opportunity for it says for simultaneous oral communication among all participants, and um, and, and then it even has a you know has a little footnote that says it, that if anyone tries to conduct the deliberative process in writing, by mail, by email, by fax, anything, then it that's not a deliberative assembly um, because you'll have too many situations with no precedent that will arise. And a lot of rules won't apply because everyone's not in the room. They're not able to do this together at the same time. Think about when you make a decision on email with a group of people, you're doing this round robin, you're waiting to hear what this person oh, says. That's and a pain in the, pers- the tail too. That's, that's right. Two people may say, at the same time because they don't know that the other one is emailing. So if you start to bring technology into the actual moment of decision, um, all the rules have to change. So, So we have to step back and say the technology and the new media gives us great exposure to the information, but there's still something incredibly important about those two days for the assembly coming together, which is also why people who are talking about these things and have interest in these things, it, it, it doesn't just make a difference to say on Twitter or Facebook what you think. It makes a difference for you to get in the car or for you to get a plane ticket yep. and to come to St. Louis and to be there and to, to use your voice. Mm-hmm.
0: Also, because everything is released so early and you have immediate access to it, you mm-hmm. can be a better informed participant. That's right. You can make up your mind about who you're going to vote for early on. You can Google these guys. You can go and Google Steve Gaines. You can go and Google J.D. Greer. You can go and Google whoever is running for whatever office it is and find out about them. So, and if you haven't, go do that. Be informed. Be an informed voter. Don't just vote because, you know, all your friends are voting for this candidate or that candidate, whatever it may be. Be an Mm -hmm. informed voter.
1: Learn and do the same thing about, you know, resolutions.
0: There are places that will post some resolutions. I mean, you may see You know, SPC Voices, I know in the past, have posted some resolutions before the fact. Those always change. Usually the language gets shaped in resolution committee meetings.
1: Those are only published by the individual because the committee's not going to release that publicly. That's where if I decide to submit a resolution, then I have the right to publicly say, this is what I turned into the committee. The committee doesn't actually release it until the morning of their report, but... If you're kind of, if you're an informed citizen, you really are paying attention to what's going on in the world around us. It's not that difficult to know what types of resolutions we're going to see. It's easy to start preparing yourself. We're probably, you know, we might see something on the healthcare mandate. We might, you know, what whatever things are. I bet going we
0: will on. see one in appreciation for the city of St. Louis.
1: We typically do. <laughs> yes. We typically do, so some of those things don't get a whole lot of debate <laughs> for um, good reason. That, that's right, but some of the ones that are uh, maybe a little bit more about you know cultural issues, we it it matters you know if we pay attention and know that these discussions will come up. And as we've said before, a lot of times the resolutions to us seem like kind of a long report that it th- this is all a given that's the those are the moments that we're making our statement to the world those are the things that make it in the news yep. so uh being sort of articulate in those resolutions really matters
0: yeah it seems like every year there's one or two resolutions that really are the the leads in all the traditional media stories about the convention
1: Yes, and those are usually the ones that we're all looking at each other saying, what? I didn't even think a second thought about that resolution. Yeah, that, that's kind of yeah, normal. Was, you,
0: why are you so concerned about yeah. the, us saying that we believe what we believe?
1: Right. Yes, that, we're,
0: we're not for homosexual marriage. What what made you think that we would say anything different than that?
1: Right, and so all the things that to me are earth-shattering, nobody outside is caring about. So yeah, that's it's the, the vice way versa. That's
0: the way it goes. So Yes. So that's technology. And also, uh, one more thing on technology and the annual meeting, there's an annual meeting app every year. So download that. It has all the reports. Uh, it has all the information in there. You can pull up everything digitally, uh, that each day's schedule, the book of reports that has all the reports from the entities in it, all the good stuff, all the stuff yes. that only me and Amy care about is in that app every day.
1: It's great. And it gets better every year, I think.
0: It does. It does. All right. Well, that's technology and the SBC annual meeting. Uh, just a, a few minutes we wanted to take on that. And just talk about where we have come from, why we don't do certain things, why we do certain things technologically at the annual meeting. And that's going to move us to my favorite part of the week, this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds.
1: Well, I'm going to be talking about technology at the SBC annual meeting. Um, in 1974, in Baptist Press, it was announced on March 15th that a new technology would be used at the SBC annual meeting.
0: Scantron ballots?
1: No. The headline was convention speakers to be larger than life because they were introducing a new...
0: Buffet table.
1: ...set of screens, a new set of color... Oh, okay. That larger than life. Yes. Yes. Color television projection Whoa. screens, twenty four feet tall and thirty two feet wide. So that's
0: the first time we used the big screen projection? That's right. That's wow. right.
1: And this story is so is just so fun to read. It said, um it said color television projection on two screens of that size will help bring the human beings up to the scale of the Dallas Convention Center where the meeting will occur. Now, it's important to remember this is 1974. They were anticipating over 17,000 messengers.
0: Wow. In, a, in, a, in a convention center hall, usually shotgun style, yes. you're 400 yards from the stage.
1: Yes, and I want you to remember that, that with, if this was the first and they were expecting, think about all the conventions before wow. that with that many messengers and no TV screens. And then they were also going to extend them next door to the uh, Dallas Memorial Auditorium because Billy Graham was going to be at that meeting and they had an overflow crowd. Um, But it's so interesting just seeing the... um, The description of it, uh, they said uh, that it would allow special effects to be used in flashing images on the screen, split screen effect so that you could see the face of the speaker and any visual aids. writing device for names and titles to be flashed on the screen they so said all it would the be, stuff
0: that we take for granted now with i television. know
1: wow. i know they said it would be the most highly visible meeting in recent history and it would be and it would enable them to have one of the best conventions ever so uh it was just neat reading that knowing that that's just a normal thing i mean i sit there and most of the time i only look at the screen and then i'll all of a sudden look over to the stage and think Wow, that guy looks really small, you know. Um, so
0: well, now, now we've gotten it to where like you can make out the design on the pocket square. Of that's right. Speaking.
1: That's right. It's pretty serious. Um, but for this year, uh, in 1974, for the first time, our speakers were larger than life, and it was all announced this week in SBC history.
0: Also, one note on the technologies next week. We have a special episode of SBC this week. Dr. Barry McCarty will be our special guest. We may have a few minutes of news on the front end if anything happens, but next week's spring break for a bunch of us, and it's Easter, and we expect a slower news week. I say that now, and something crazy is going to happen. But uh, Dr. Barry McCarty will be on with us to talk about his history as a parliamentarian of the SBC, and in his first meeting in 1986, that was the first time they used the call system at the different microphone boxes.
1: Oh wow! So
0: he talks about that and and how crazy that was and how revolutionary that was. Something that we take yeah. for granted, you know, Mike six six B, Mike five B, Mike and, four B. and a. that's
1: important. That's, that's important. That's a very important takes, thing. Yes, because it takes the judgment call off of the chair as to who, like who, locked in first. Yes, your system. It will so he talks all you. about that. That fascinating yeah.
0: thing next week. So uh, you'll have yes. to listen to that next week here on SPC. This week, next week. Anyway, so that's uh, fascinating stuff. Thanks, Amy, for that. Uh, Tied into our our theme of the show quite nicely. That's right. All right. That'll bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is...
1: Um, Mine is a book that's actually going to release on April 6th, but you can go ahead and pre-order it now. It's called Every Waking Hour. It's an introduction to work and vocation for Christians. It is co-authored by Benjamin Quinn and Walter Strickland, who are on faculty at Southeastern Seminary. This is the second book in sort of a three-book series. The first one uh, the first one was "Every Square Inch" by uh, Bruce Ashford. That was uh, a really great book. Uh, a lot of people have enjoyed that. That was on engaging uh, culture, faith, and culture kind of coming together. And then this one specifically focuses on work and vocation. That uh, pastors and chaplains aren't the only ones in ministry. All of us are called to minister through our work in the world. But just so, just kind of thinking through. Uh, that uh, our, our worship is Monday through Saturday, too, not just on Sunday, and how that plays out in our life. So that's part of the Intersect Project uh, that Southeastern Seminary uh, has done, but Lexham Press has, uh, is publishing these, uh, these books, so I wanted to share that one.
0: Very cool. And I am also putting a book in there, but a li- of a different genre. A little I historical, saw... A little historical biography, Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow. Um, yes the basis for a fantastic Broadway show that's going on right now uh, yes. and about to open up uh, in a couple of other cities and with open-ended runs, which is pretty much unheard of while it's still on Broadway. So yeah. um, really cool book on Alexander Hamilton. I am reading it right in the process of it's a big thick thing. Uh, yeah, but I, know, it, but I know I know you're I know you're a big history buff, a big, you know, presidential biography. I think you're going to love it.
1: oh, I, I think so. And we actually have it. We have a pretty extensive uh, library of presidential biographies and first lady biographies. And then we also have some of some other uh, people in American history as Hamilton was never president. but, uh, made quite the impact that many people did not know, but they do now. Yes, so.
0: and, and it's pretty pretty amazing to see the difference in the perception of Alexander Hamilton in, in the last year because I think about a year ago we were talking about taking him off the $10 bill.
1: I don't think they will now. And
0: I don't think that's going to happen now, thanks to Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ron Chernow who, uh, right. who wrote this book. So uh, pick it up. It's, it's a pretty neat uh, little biography, a fascinating story. I had no idea. And you know, a lot of these biographies, we only know slices even of people today. We only know slices of their life. Anytime you start going back and you start l- hearing it all. Whole pictures. It, it's whole just picture. amazing. So yep. So that's my resource of the week. I mean, another book, uh, this time a historical biography on Alexander Hamilton. That's great. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Amy, hopefully a slow week next week. Not too much news. Have a great spring break. And um, You too. And, and, I will, and
1: happy Easter.
0: Yes. And happy Easter. Yes. Uh, Easter is next week. Uh, Resurrection Sunday, as we call it in our house. And we will be celebrating that with our faith family here at First Baptist Church, Mount Juliet. My wife is all geared up trying to get ready for the big day. Um, always, right. uh, always a big day in children's ministry because yes. uh, a lot of people come and a lot of people have kids and yes. it's really busy over in the children's yes. wing. So, so Amy, have a great Palm Sunday this week. We will talk to you again next week here on SBC This Week.
1: See you next week.